The shape stands at his sister's window, as he did so many years ago. Blood splattered mask reflected in the glass before him. He does not see himself though. He sees something else. Something beyond. Something greater. Hello everyone and welcome to today's instalment of Beyond the Mask. In this episode today we are going to be diving further into the mind of Michael Myers as we discuss why exactly he continued to return to one specific spot during the course of his breakouts from Smith's Grove. The spot I'm referring to, of course, is his sister's window at his house on Lampkin Lane. Analysing Michael Myers and how his mentality works is no easy task. The novelizations, comics and expanded works for the movies have conflicting reports, but there are some consistencies in the text which allow us to paint a direct picture as to why exactly Michael continues this strange patterned behaviour. So without further ado, sit back and chill as I taught you guys through this in great detail. Michael Myers from a very young age was plagued with nightmares that generally contained the same message. They wanted him to kill. The voices inside his head would play a huge role in Michael's eventual murder of his sister and his subsequent actions afterwards. What was apparent from the age of six, however, was that Michael was losing himself in the darkness that haunted his mind. As Michael's thoughts turned darker and darker, he began to allow his identity to slip. As he leaned on personas, masks if you will, in the hopes of hiding who he truly was underneath. Michael's grandmother told him the story of a notorious boogeyman. The story of this boogeyman, a scary frightful being that drove fear into the hearts of others, fascinated Michael at the time more than anything else he had shown interest in. We took Halloween seriously. Why, when we set up scarecrows and jack-o'-lanterns, it was because we were genuinely trying to scare away the boogeyman. Boogeyman, now he played real pranks and did some real damage. He didn't just go around like they do today, slapping people's clothes with socks filled with chalk dust and soap in their windows. What did the boogeyman do, Grandma? Asked a six-year-old Michael Myers. Well... If you were lucky, you got away with nothing worse than finding some of your chickens beheaded. Beheaded? asked Michael. Their heads cut off, she explained with relish. Michael's eyes widened. If you weren't lucky, you lost a cow or two, said his grandma. Unheaded? asked Michael. Beheaded. Yes. If you recall my last episode, I touched upon the slip from reality that Michael was going through, specifically on Halloween night in 1963. It's important to understand that when Michael committed acts of murder, he wasn't doing so as Michael Myers himself, or more the personas he had adopted. This explains the need to cling to his mask at all times. Following his breakout from Smith's Grove in 1978, he adopted the boogeyman persona that his grandma spoke about. During the time that he actually killed his sister, however, he proclaimed to her, I'm not Michael, I'm a clown. Michael was completely detaching from reality. He was losing himself. The only thing he continued to fantasise about was committing murder, more specifically, murdering his sister. It was stated during the Halloween Kills movie that Michael had longingly stared out of the window in his sister's bedroom when he was a child, something that was never quite understood by people who witnessed it happen. 
The Halloween Kills movie and the novel continuously push the themes of self-awareness, or more, trying to balance the side of us that is human and the side of us that is capable of terrible things. Frank Hawkins touched upon this notion with Laurie Strode. The novelization, however, provides a little more insight into this conversation, and one of the more interesting facts to take away from this moment actually comes from Karen, Laurie Strode's daughter. Michael is a six-year-old boy with the strength of a man and the mind of an animal, Frank said. When he was a child, he would stand in his sister's bedroom and stare out the window. My partner told me in 78. He used to play with Michael when they were kids. Laurie frowned. She'd always had difficulty imagining Michael as a child. To her, he would always be an ominous shape, emerging from shadow, an inhuman creature, surfacing on a vast dark ocean. What was he looking for? She asked. She leaned forward, listening intently. Karen stepped into the room, drew closer to Frank's bed, eager to learn Michael's secret. That's the mystery, Frank said. My partner died the night he stood in that spot. For an instant before his death, I think he knew. Maybe Michael wasn't looking out. Maybe he was looking in, at his reflection, at himself. Karen turned away then. A mirror hung on the wall near the bathroom, and she stepped toward it, looked at herself in its glass. Laurie wondered what she saw there. Her own darkness reflected. The desire to avenge her husband's death that had driven her to create a mob that had ultimately killed the wrong man. What's fascinating is that the reflective surface is a way of looking inward. Karen recognised her own darkness and allowed the reflection to bring herself back, or to find a form of humanity within herself that she believed had slipped from her. So why would Michael constantly have the desire to return to his sister's bedroom window? What could possibly be symbolic enough for him to have this constant desire to return? Reflecting back to Michael himself, the continuous need to return there holds a significance to him. I'm going to push forward with the theory here that I have from reading the novel, something that isn't directly stated but does seem to be thematically pushed towards us. At some point during his slow slip from reality, Michael began to get urges to murder his sister. Now he likely didn't understand this urge, just that her general happiness, existence, furiated him. The reflective surface likely represented Michael's inward searching, or more, he was trying to find some semblance of himself again. He murdered his own sister, but the cost lost him everything. The shape stands at his sister's window, as he did so many years ago, blood splattered mask reflected in the glass before him. He does not see himself though, he sees something else, something beyond something greater. Michael Myers himself lost his identity the moment he murdered his sister. Michael's interest in the boogeyman and his way of hiding behind masks meant that during his murderous reigns he was able to conceal himself, completely hidden behind a persona he believed he was presenting to his victims. He wasn't Michael anymore, he was a clown, a boogeyman. Once the mask was removed though, he was simply a normal person again. A human, he became Michael again. The stirring to his sister's bedroom was symbolic to Michael. This was where he lost himself, 
This was the first time he desired to kill, and thus he returns there in the hopes of remembering. Remembering what it was like to be six again, to have a family, to be human. Michael lost this location following the events of Halloween Kills. His purpose had completely gone, and the only thing he had left once the house was gone was his mask, his boogeyman persona, and he intended on holding on to that until his final moments. And that's pretty much it for this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying this content. Until next time, Michael Myers murdered four people, and he's a human being we need to understand.